0: Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Grand Slam Fantasy Sports Podcast, where the bases are always loaded, and we will give you the information for your fantasy teams to knock it out of the park. My name is Tyler St. Jean. Tonight I am joined by my co-hosts Brandon Duff and Maddie Keenwom. Guys, Fourth of July weekend is now in the rearview mirror. We're moving into the middle of the month. We've got the all-star break coming up in just a couple of weeks. Let me bring in my first co-host here, Brandon Duff. How are we doing?
1: Doing great, man. Um, just a th- we've got a three-man show tonight, recording on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. Um, we're going to have a guest. Don't have a guest. We're going to have a four-man show. Now we get a three-man show. So, um, yeah, I'm just ready to talk some baseball. Uh, how you doing, Maddie?
2: Hey, yo, boys. I'm pumped to talk to you guys. It's been an absolutely hectic week getting set up and talking baseball like brandon said you know we had a guest on we were scheduled we had a four the core four broke up now it's the core three for this week nick will be back next week so uh i think we're gonna make do and still deliver a superb show so i'm ready oh, to of talk course, of course. some fantasy baseball
0: all right let's get right into it brandon have some news and notes going on
1: yeah um Alex Kirilov uh, was removed from Wednesday's game against the White Sox after climbing the Andrew Vaughn at first base, which was his only hit. Um, A couple of reports I saw after the game was that he seemed okay in the locker room. So you can monitor that going forward. Ryan Mountcastle was held out of the Orioles lineup again with an illness. Um, Reds manager David Bell told reporters that Joey Votto was held out of the lineup for a second straight day with back tightness. Um, Second time he's hurt, it's kind of Slowed down, to After he came back from the COVID IL, he was on fire, but he slowed down quite a bit. Um, Yo Moncada was removed from Wednesday's game against the Twins with a foot injury.
0: What else is new?
1: Uh, no kidding, right? <laughs> that dude can't stay healthy.
0: <laughs> he gets banged up a lot.
1: Raphael Devers out of the Red Sox lineup again on Wednesday. Is there any reports on what uh, is going on with him?
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's just some, some tightness. From what I hear, Alex Cora said that he is available tonight to pinch hit. So oh, he nice. should be back very soon.
1: Awesome. Um, Kevin Gosman won't make his start tomorrow against the Mariners. The Blue Jays pitching coach, Pete Walker, said that Gosman might act, uh, make the start Sunday, which is still against the Mariners as well. They get a four-game series this weekend. Bobby Wood Jr. is absent from the Royals lineup, and that's with a hand injury. The Reds placed Tyler Molly on the 15-day injured list with a shoulder strain. Uh, right now they're saying it looks like he should be back after the all-star break. Uh, Frankie Montes had an MRI on his right shoulder, no structural damage, but they did say there was swelling. So I'm not sure what uh, his returns looking like. Have they placed him on the IL yet?
0: No, I L he'll be out this weekend though. He's not going to be pitching right, against right. Houston. Uh, I think they're just monitoring and he might be on the IL if, if he doesn't get better over the next few days. But as from what I'm seeing, they're trying to avoid, an IL stint, and hopefully they're saying by next week, next week he's back in the rotation.
1: Yeah, I imagine they're trying to avoid an IL if they want to yeah. trade him. They try- yeah, they,
2: that's <laughs> another thing about Montas that makes it a little extra, you know, tricky for fantasy is they have to gauge the market. If the market's okay with him going on the IL, he will. If they're not, then they'll figure it out because he's their biggest trade piece.
1: Sure. It's his last year, right?
0: Uh, no, I think context. he has have one more
1: I think yeah. But most of the guys that are up for trade have one more year, right? Does Castillo have one more year?
2: No, I believe he's oh, I he's think a he's agent. a free agent. I think well, so. Mali, I know I may has have one, one more year.
1: One. They might all
2: do. I think at this point I've read that uh you know we're going on a tangent here, but Quintana Jose Quintana was having a pretty decent year for the pirates. Mm-hmm. He's one of the uh, most sought after uh mm-hmm. pitching pros uh you know prospects at the deadline because you know he's a one-year vet rental.
0: That's that actually pretty, pretty clutch for the Pirates, a team that's you know young, trying to get better. Mm-hmm. A guy like Quintana having the year he's having, like no one expected that, and they're gonna they're gonna get a pretty decent return for him because the yes. market's not too great this year. And get a lefty veteran like that, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna they're gonna kind of sell high on him, which is oh know, yeah good for the Pirates, but yeah, yeah.
2: Um, ching cash in on him, no doubt.
0: A yeah. couple more things, and we can move on though. Um, Eloy Jimenez returned today, first at bat since April. He had a home run today against the twins yep. and my guy Ty France should be returning this weekend uh, right. from his elbow mm. situation. So it didn't end up being as bad as some people had thought when he went on the IR. So
1: I got a two quick uh, Cubs things two. Kyle Hendricks was placed on the 15 day IL with a right shoulder strain and Wilson Contreras was out of the Cubs lineup again on yep. Wednesday. And that's with the hamstring injury.
2: Mm-hmm. Watch out for uh, Matt Schwarmer for the Cubs. He's missing a lot of bats this year for the cubs so if he gets another look in the rotation i know he kind of faded last time he was uh, given the opportunity maybe a deeply guy keep your eye on you know 28 csw you can do worse in the free agent market
1: have they announced who's going to take his place in the rotation yet, or are you just uh, speculating
2: uh it's a little bit of speculation he did piggyback off of hendrix's uh start because he left early and he was in the rotation previous to, you know, Samson yep. getting inserted, all those guys. So, right, right. Uh, you know, he is the most logical fit because he will now theoretically be on uh, the right pattern for rest.
0: All right. Guys, we're uh, five or six days into July. For our next segment, though, why don't we continue talking about the month of July, do a little bit of over-unders here. We'll give a couple player scenarios kind of give them an over under on on a specific stat and uh the other co-hosts will go ahead and say if they'd go over or under for the month of july the month of july is a little tricky in uh mlb though because you have the all-star break which mm. takes away about three days got to keep that in mind while doing these but very tricky with that said brandon when you get us started here give us a scenario for an over under for the month of july and then we'll all uh go over or under
1: All right, so my first one, I'm going to go with the Boston Red Sox. You know, he's kind of the new closer for them, Tanner Houck. Um, He recorded his first save on June 10th. Since that point, he's at a 3-1-2 ERA with a 2.19 XFIP, a 30.8 K to walk percentage. Um, He hasn't blown a save, which is very important for the Red Sox. They're tied for second and blown saves with 17 coming into today. So um, I think he kind of has that job probably. Um, I could definitely see Cora kind of mixing and match, and if he thinks the eighth inning might be the hardest inning, I could see him going to Houck there maybe. But I, um, I think Houck's the, the closer right now. So my over-under for the month of July, and he has no saves so far, so that's kind of important. Like you said, the all-star break too. He had six saves from June 10th to the end of June, and my over-under is going to be 6.5 saves hmm. for July. Go ahead, Maddie. You go first, and I'll go after.
2: All right. So, I mean, it's definitely a great number to set. I mean, we're all going to play the role of the house and we we'll are all play the role of the better. And you're playing a superb start to the house, Brandon, I may say. Look back at the month of June where he kind of took the reins. Six. Six.
1: Saves. Exactly. Yep.
2: You said a six and a half razor thin super razor thin the house was a sharp here on this one i love hulk i do believe he's a closer um if i was managing the boston red sox i would have him as my ninth inning guy over garrett whitlock when he comes back i think whitlock's versatility can be used in a better manner Uh, but having said that um i think it's an under only because he set that pace at 6 in June. He did miss that series in Toronto. He's going to miss a series because of the All-Star break. So there are some similarities in the monthly breakdown. Uh, Garrett Whitlock may step on one save. If it's two saves, he's definitely not going over. I like how I think you need to have him on your roster. Use him in all formats because I do believe he's the primary closer. But in terms of the over-under in July at 6.5, Matty Qum's going under. And I talked in the first person for the first time in this, this podcast history. <laughs> so I don't know if that makes me the douche of the week, but it could.
1: We'll see. We've got a whole episode to finish. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> What do you got, Bird? Tyler, what do you got on Bird? Oh, wrong guy. I almost jumped the gun on the next guy on the
1: list. Uh, yeah, I know. I put him in the reverse order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going under as well.
0: Um, for just the reasons we've already said, he has no saves so far in July. It's July sixth. They're currently down three to nothing against the Rays mm-hmm. tonight. So it's looking like tonight will be another tough one to get a save. And All Star break, you got to account for that. Seven seven's too high of a number to me. I would I would be hammering the under if this was a uh, if I saw this somewhere. I would be hammering the under just because of the limited amount of days. Actually, that's now gonna be four or five nothing raise. Um, so that's when pretty much out of
1: <laughs> not a great debut today. Not a right. not
0: a good day for Tana How to get a save. Um, but no, yeah, you're no. gonna have a three a three run lead uh to get a save, just just the opportunities. I don't even think there's gonna be enough opportunities for him this month, and we're already getting a little bit later into the month. So I'm gonna go under.
1: All right. So I don't know, I don't know, Matt. You were saying it was a sharp line, but we're all taking the under here. So maybe it wasn't the greatest line there. But, um, yeah, I agree. There was only um, – I think it was five closers had more than six last month. Jorge Lopez, I think, had seven, and then there was a couple guys above that. So, yeah, I, I think it would be tough for him to get seven at this point, especially like you said, the all-star break, too, kind of hurts that. So I'm going to go with the under as well.
2: But are we all on the same page? Who do we th- – or let's see if we're on the same page, I guess. Is it Whitlock or Hauk when they're both healthy? As I the think Venceau's it's primary closer? I think Haup. Haup. it's Hauk. Yeah. Okay. So we are kind of. Lost I completely agree with what around. you said
1: earlier. I think Whitlock is like, I mean, I I wanted him as a starter, but since he's become the starter, I think they they need him in the bullpen. His like you said, his versatility is perfect. They they need that guy that can go multiple innings if he has to. He can shut guys down in the eighth. They yep. can keep Hauk just as the ninth inning guy and use Whitlock kind of seventh, eighth, kind of in the middle if they have to. Yeah, I, I like it that way.
2: Cool. All I can think of in my head right now is, we're the best friends that anyone's ever had The song from (laughs) Hangover.
0: All right, I'll go ahead with my over-under, my first uh, player one. I have Andrew Vaughn from the White Sox. I'm going to set the over-under at a 300 batting average for the month of July. So going into today, and I know he had a home run. I'm not exactly sure what he did today besides the home run. But he was batting 182 going into July 6th. So he's a little bit below for the 300 mark right now. Uh, but the White Sox have one of the best strength of schedules for the, for the rest of the season. So they're going to be seeing the twins again for four games. They got the guardians for eight tigers for four and they're at Colorado for two and they're at home against Oakland for three. So that's not exactly like murderers row. That's, you know, besides what Shane Bieber and some of the twins pitchers, it's not like too, too many guys that scare me on those teams when it comes to pitching um andrew vaughn currently just hit 324 in the month of june so i think he's going to be able to climb out well i think he has a chance to climb out and get above that 300 batting average for over under so that's where i set it at so brandon what do you think over under 300 batting average for the month of july for andrew vaughn
1: yeah i think andrew vaughn is it, i mean he's coming to his own this year as a hitter he was always touted as a really good you know guy at the play he's a good contact hitter. He's got some power. I, I, I'm gonna take the over on this. He, like you said, I think one of the main things I looked at was I just wanted to look at what he did last month. Um, yeah, he batted over 320. I think he could bat over 300 again. Dig himself out of that hole he's been in so far, but I think he'll get there.
2: Uh, this is another sharp line in my opinion. He batted 324 last month, but the slow start. Again, we're the best three friends that anyone has ever had because I'm going with the over, boys. <laughs> um, I think that the missing series could actually help him out because there's less games if he's, you know, puts together a ridiculous three game stretch. All of a sudden he's there with a bullet. Uh, great plate discipline on the season, 86 percentile with percentage, 78th percentile k percentage so he gives himself a chance in a vast majority of his at-bats tyler you mentioned the soft schedule i think he gets things going now he's got eloy back the lineup's looking better that's all going to help fawn and i'm going with the over in july but i will say in roto leagues he's looking more like a three cat guy over a four cat guy not the worst thing in the world but in points league he's a must start
0: Yeah, I was kind of giving it away when I was going over it, but I'm, I'm over as well. Uh, I mentioned the schedule. That's kind of like what it comes down to. I think not only will Andrew Vaughn bat over 300 out of the two hole for the White Sox in the month of July, I think the team is going to do very well in the month of July. I think the White Sox are going to make a run for that AL Central, and they're going to uh, put together a – Really good solid month. And they're playing a ton of teams from the center. They got the Guardians for eight. Like I said, I think the Guardians are are their their arrow is pointing down while the White Sox is pointing up. So with that said, I'm I'm over. All right, Matt. Let's give us your your next scenario here with the player for over under.
2: Okay. So I'm gonna set my bar. My my line here is pretty high. Okay, but I believe that Aaron Nola, ace of the Philadelphia Phillies. Does he go over or under 25.5% K minus walk rate? Tyler, why don't you bet lead off on this one?
0: Well, all I got here is ratios for the year, 117 to 14 K to walk ratio, which is absurd, so I'm going to go over.
2: Bada bing, bada boom. Realest guy in the broom. Brandon, what you got?
1: Yeah, I think... I looked before the show. He's pretty close to that for the season, I think. But I can't remember offhand. Um, I'm just looking at his game log, though, and he's got two walks in one of his last six starts. He's got zero walks in three of them. So, he, like Tyler said, he's the dude. He just keeps guys off the base, bases. So, I'm going to go with over as well.
2: Boys, what kind of radio are we producing for our <laughs> listeners here when all we do is agree? Because I have to hammer... The over here too. On the season, he's got a 25.6% K minus it So it's, I was close to that. It's right there. Uh the his June mark was the lowest of his season at 23.8%. But he's back over at 25.9% over his last three games started. And he's got a pretty, pretty soft July schedule. He's projected to face off against the Nationals Cardinals, which is tough. But other than that, the Marlins, the Cubs, and the Pirates. So, you know, for everything I think we all just mentioned, hammer that over and be very excited if you roster Mr. Aaron Nola in your fantasy league.
1: I like it.
0: Alright, let's go around the carousel one more time. Brandon, over under on a player.
1: Alright, my second player is going to be John Birdie from the Miami Marlins. Um, you know, he's kind of the talk of the town last month. Stolen base, just Stealing bases like crazy, had 18 of his 25 stolen bases for the season in June. Um, but the dude's got no pop, which is <laughs> you know, I mean it just kind of I'll admit I hitting a home run must be noodle man insanely hard, but it's just always funny to me when guys just can't they just can't do it. So this is one of the guys I was looking at. Three players in the month of June had over 110 plate appearances and zero home runs. It was whip Merrifield. Cesar Hernandez and John birdie and John birdie has two home runs on the season. Both home runs came on May 4th. He hit them both in the same game. And so my over under for June is 0.5 home run. I mean, for July, it's for July 0.5 home runs for John birdie over under.
2: I'll go first. This is the easiest one on the slate, in my opinion. It's the under. The dude must have played in some sort. Of, I don't even know. I haven't looked it up, but where he hit those two home runs. I don't know if it was home on Pluto. Who knows?
0: But they know, guy... you know? Do you know why? Because you said it was May 4th, right? May the 4th be
1: with you. <laughs> yeah. <White> oh, wow. <laughs> he took out his lightsaber yeah. and just rolled the buckle out. You are correct right there. I didn't even think of that.
0: Damn! I,
2: that Nick Frazier just summoned
0: himself yeah, right. through you. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he, veck, he, he vecked me like he you. He went, yeah, and yeah like, I saw Tyler in his phone. I turned Nick, to Nick Frazier for, for ten seconds. <laughs>
2: Tyler just looked at the camera and just kind of floated in the air. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I got to hammer the under. This guy has shown zero pop, and he's you know he's dealing with something right now. He's missed the last two games as we're recording here uh, Wednesday night. And it just seems like, hey, listen, this guy was a stolen base maverick, and that gets you know, you roto boys ready to rock. And uh, it's just, I don't think he has any pop in the bat, so I'm going under.
0: Yeah, so yeah, John Birdie's got two home runs this year, both in the same game, he had four last season, but I'm gonna go with the under as well. And it's like you guys mentioned the stolen bases. I think that's like his thing now. Like that's his, that's what he's known for. That's what he's going with. Uh, he's trying to get on base. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to get on base, you're trying to butt your way on. You're trying to slap hit your way on. Trying to you're trying to hit the ball on the ground through the holes, or you're trying to line the ball. You're not you're not selling out for power. John Birdie's trying to get on base. That's what he's trying to do. And because of that, and now like you said, 17 stolen bases. He that's his thing. He's gonna. Keep keep running. And to keep running, he's going to try to get on base by any means possible, so he's not trying to hit home runs, so I'm going with the under.
1: Yeah, I'm going with under, too. I just, I just thought it was a funny thing to look at. He's got, like I said, he's got two home runs on the year, both in the same game. But in saying that, watching him play, he's one of the few players that like just watch, like watching my pitchers go against Miami, when that dude gets on base, he causes havoc. When guys can steal the way he steals, I mean, it makes it tough on a pitcher for sure.
2: That guy, I, I didn't realize too, he's 32 years old. Yeah. He was just like, I'm saving all of these <laughs> legs for one season and yeah. I'm going to run amok.
0: I don't understand how he's getting like more stolen bases than Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez. Like, those are like the young 21 year old. 98th percentile sprint speed guys like those are the guys who should be leading the league you know yeah but he's been uh, john birdie and he's, he's willing the, to leave
2: it all in the field he's the vet man he knows what he's doing out there this is this is going to be his legacy john birdie you know when he's an older guy talking to his grandkids he's gonna be in 2022 grant stole himself 30 bags mm-hmm.
0: yeah he would have had more if he played yesterday too i guess because Noah in as the most stolen bases up against for pitcher, so They sat
1: him when Cindergar was on the
0: mound, I know.
1: Aguiar had he's a got, stolen base.
0: He's got a little bit of back, oh, no. back uh, issues. That's why they had to sit him. I know he sat two games in a row. But, yeah, Jesus Aguiar, I think they said he's the first. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He was the <laughs> only player with 100 home runs and no stolen bases, and I think he broke that yesterday. Oh, nice. He got out oh, his- nice. Right.
2: Right. nice. Yeah, Birdie would have stole second and third on the same, like, delivery to home sure. plate.
0: If Sweet Jesus is stealing second, then you know John Birdie would have standing up, stolen second on Noah in
2: The only all time right. in our in my life I can say with even ten percent confidence, all three of us would have swiped the bag yesterday if we could have been started
0: on first base. All right, a guy who's definitely going to have more home runs the month of July than John Birdie. I'm going to go with Jeremy Pena from the Astros here. His highest total he's had in a month so far this year is four. Yeah, I think he had him back-to-back. I think it was like May and – not no, June, he was a little banged up. I think it was like April than May. He had four and four. But he already has three home runs in five games this month. For the season, he's 72nd percentile in max exit Velo, and he's 69th percentile in barrel percentage. So he's on a little bit of a power surge. He has the two home runs in one game, and then he hit another one, I think, yesterday. So – He's barreling the ball up. He's driving the ball out of the park. Like I said, he's already got three. I'm going to set the over-under for the month of July. Accounting for the all-star break, too, here. I'm going to set it at eight and a half home runs in the month of July. Brandon, what do you think? Over-under, eight and a half for Jeremy Pena.
1: So uh, he, how many did you say he has so far? He already has, he has three. three. He has three, right. Because I, I looked at one thing. I looked at home runs in the month of June. And there was nine players that got over eight, and it was the mashers of the mashers, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Anthony Rizzo. All right, So Rizzo. Rizzo. He doesn't count. Rizzo just hit someone in that right field in a Yankee Stadium, <laughs> but the it was Schwarber, Judge, Trout, Alvarez, Buxton, Guerrero Jr., Alonzo. I'm gonna go under. All
2: right. <sighs> That's a great thing that you brought up. So great, Brandon. It's kind of halting me in my tracks, but then I'm remembering, I'm going over, baby. (laughs) He's already hit three this month. I know. Five days in. And Tyler, if you want to take yourself a victory lap in the first half about Mr. Jeremy Pena, you go right ahead because you nailed it. This kid is a stud in the month of July, I know it's only five games, but that 180 WRC plus, all of the metrics back up, the fact that he's comfortable at the plate. And when he's going to be settling in the five, six, two, wherever they put him around the other mashers in the Astros lineup, I think he can do it. And no, it's, you know, he's going to be missing a series, but he's got a head start. You said his high of the year so far was four. All he needs is one more for that. I think he hits that this weekend. Giving himself a great pace to go over. And I'm gonna say Jeremy Pena over under eight and a half home runs, I'm taking the over, especially because I had the sweat of my life last week in the Golden Pony fantasy football, fantasy baseball experience league. And I'm not gonna be facing them again. So I can go with the over.
1: I just want to say, you know, like when everybody was wondering what they were doing letting College Korea go, you you obviously see why like they were just like fine. what What their their reasoning was.
2: I mean, he his profile looks like a young Carlos Correa. He doesn't come with the pedigree. He doesn't come with the 101 draft capital. But he's 24, and he's hitting the ground running. I mean, he's on pace right now to have a 2010 season in his rookie campaign. I mean – there's really not much to fret about when it comes to this kid's profile, and, and Tyler, you were all over him preseason, and you deserve all the credit in the world because he's been an absolute stud. And I think at the position, he's someone you want this year and beyond.
0: Yeah, going into the year, they said defensively he was already just as good as Correa. It was not; it was never his glove. It was always if the bat, and he was projected to be a pretty solid, you know, contributor. I just felt like <clears throat> you have a rookie like that who's good defensively. The lineup, you throw him in a lineup like that, he has no pressure. That's also why, like I, I put the over under. He already has three uh, home runs. I, I think if they have big leads, if you're up six runs, no one cares if you're going to go up there and swing for the downs every once in a while, which is what Jeremy Payne is clearly doing. Like he's just driving the ball. So you know, like it's not like he's worrying about, oh, I have to get on base because my team's down one nothing or. You, it, it, that lineup mashes one mm-hmm. through seven, one through eight. I don't think a Maldonado at the end there. and Another the outfielder who's not that great either, but yeah. I, I think he can reach nine. I think he's had a chance to reach nine. So over. let's
2: go. Finally, some discourse here. Let's run the <laughs> boy, Jeremy. Baya.
0: All right, Matt, what's your last over under?
2: So my over under for this month, Raphael Devers, eight and a half barrels in the month of July. Brandon, what say you
1: this is tough I'm not a barrels per month guy, so I'm not sure what what a good player <laughs> or a bad player would do on this one i'm gonna this is I'm going off the top of my head on this one, and I know I've seen some stats recently about raphael Devers like he's one of the best hitters at pitches outside the zone. He's a great hitter at hitting pitches outside the zone, which like to me means that you can. Like his his bat to ball is just ridiculous, so I'm gonna say that Raphael Devers will go over eight and a half barrels for the month. And because I don't know if that's high or low, though, I honestly don't.
2: It's not. It's not. I know that nine. every once
1: in a while, a guy like guys get like two or three in a game. So I'm gonna go eight and a half. I'm gonna go over. Tyler, get nine or more.
2: Are you a barrel boy like the rest of us?
1: No, I don't. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know much
0: about barrels either. Uh apparently what is it when you like hit the ball off the barrel
1: of the bat? Like, of course it's gonna go over it. It's at bat. a certain velocity and angle. It's, yes, it's uh, about, like, and it registers yes. for like a certain expected OPS. Basically, yes, I forget exactly. what the, so how exactly hard? How hard does it have to be to be a like if, it's, if it's 95 or higher, but then the launch angle depends on how hard you actually hit it. So if it's like it
2: does, yes, it doesn't go over whatever the number is for pop like a fly ball. Right, it doesn't go exactly. uh, ground ball,
1: it's in that whatever their sweet spot is.
2: I forget, I probably should look this up, but either way, we'll go in eight and a half barrels. What you got?
0: Sure, we'll go over.
2: <laughs> okay, okay, sweet, short and sweet. I love it. Uh, I actually, you know, let me go ahead and go through some stats here before I give my pick 12 and a 12.1 barrel percentage heading into Wednesday. It's a 79th percentile, so it's not elite, but it's definitely well above average. Uh, in April, he had eight. May, he had 13. June, he had 10. But this month in July, I'm taking the under because he has zero so far. He's already missed two games, these back to back games Tuesday, Wednesday, recording Wednesday night. He also loses a series because of the All Star break. And he's actually only had two barrels over his last 10 games. Uh, so I'm taking the under on eight and a half barrels, but I am starting him in all of my leagues with zero issues. Uh in this 10-game stretch in which he only has two uh barrels, he still has a 50% hard hit rate. So he's hitting the ball hard enough. He's just not hitting those lineas that give you the barrel qualifications. Raphael Devers is a stud. I just thought it would be fun to toss out something funky like barrels for a month. Nick always goes crazy in money the bank. I want to, I want to go a little crazy. I want to be the wild card here, boys.
1: <laughs> all right. So the yeah, all right. So barreled ball. The it's like the expected batting average is 500 and slugging percentage, 1,500. So it's when when the ball is hit at this, you know, and it's actually 98 miles an hour off the bat is the exit velocity. So when the ball is hit at that angle and that exit velocity, it results in a hit. A lot of times an extra base hit most of the time. Got it. Boom. All
0: right. Sure. Well, he hits the ball hard a lot. So we'll He does. Up. Rafael
1: Devers does that.
2: But at least we got some discourse here in these last two. We were all lock, we were all copacetic, there for a stretch.
1: See what Tyler, what me, and you did was we gave kind of a basis of how we came to the conclusion, and Matt just said, "Here, take the over/under," take and I'll tell you I afterwards th- that yes. he has zero barrels. On Matt the just box. came to me like eight and a half <laughs> yes. barrels, and I went, yes. and I was like, "What? A
0: Bud Light, Coors Light? What <laughs> barrels? are We talking about
2: here?" <laughs> I still Listen, think, it I, I think he'll
0: get it. He'll get it.
2: Let's go. Let's go. All right,
0: we're uh, we're gonna move on from the over under segment now. Matt, do you have a couple of uh, uh, grade that trades for us before we move on to the champion and money in the bank segments?
2: Absolutely. So you know, every so often we get sent some trades here. You know, our Twitter handle, whatnot. Maybe some of our personal accounts. You know, they need people want some help. Uh, in the fantasy leagues, right? So we got three trades here that was given to us, and we're going to go ahead and grade them right here off the top of the dome on the spot. Grade the trade, mark the move. I love it. Let's get it started. I had this trade in mind in particular because it involves a couple guys on Mr. St. Jean's squad. Oh, okay. All right. So the trade here, the player in question is acquiring. So they're getting Noah Syndergaard. Nick Pavetta, and Jazz Chisholm Jr. Hmm. Thor Pavetta Chisholm. And he's giving up Ty France and Lucas Giolito. Grade that trade.
0: Oh, man. Giving up Ty France and Lucas Giolito to acquire Syndergaard, Pavetta, and Jazz Chisholm. Now, is this a categories league or a points league?
2: Um, this I believe is a points league. That's why it was nice so league. pitcher heavy.
0: Yeah. Oh man.
2: It's that's why we got some good ones here tonight,
0: boys. I would give this trade a solid B. Plus. B plus. Okay. okay. So I love Ty France and points leagues, but Jazz Chisholm as a replacement's not. Really, all that bad. Jazz Jazz Chisholm when he's on the field is tremendous. So I think that's not as lopsided as you might think there. I I might even be pretty equal, to be honest. And then you're giving up Giolito. See Pavetta, Pavetta, I think, has been overperforming. It wasn't really Pavetta, it was Syndergaard has been getting a good amount of strikeouts every time he's been out on the field lately. And it's I don't know. I think if you can acquire two starters and for for the one Giolito, I think it's pretty solid
1: trade.
2: Brandon, how are you going to mark this move? I,
1: I, it's ha- I It's hard to like disagree with what Tyler just said. I feel like I, I kind of agree with him in the points league. I'm not a huge Syndergaard fan, but I think Pavetta's been pretty good. He's kind of been overperforming, and he just had a bad start. But I think, you know, Chisholm you know, he brings a lot to the table. Like, wh- where does France qualify at? Just first base, right?
2: First and second. Ooh. In this league, for sure, it does. But I think in most platforms, it does actually.
1: No, it might. I I, I don't roster France really anywhere, so I w- I don't know. But yeah, I would go. Um, I think I would kind of align with Tyler with a B plus B kind of. So uh, I'm gonna go with a D, and I, I'm gonna say just this though. I am not a. G-Lito. <laughs>
0: What's going on right now? My fault. Oh, no, I'm, I'm saying I,
1: my grade stands, and I'm the other part is that I, I don't like G-Lito that much, and I, you know, that's also part of the reason why. Matt's going D. I'm going D because
2: I think Giolito is the best player in this deal. With the right, bullet.
0: Yep. Um,
2: in his last two starts, although he's given up a few earned runs, Tyler, you actually mentioned it on our last week's show that in those last three innings of his first start of the week last week, he was starting to dial in. And he carried that momentum into his Sunday start against the Giants and looked Absolutely electric for the first innings, first six innings of that game. Um, he's got a 290 bad baby in those two starts and a 21 percent K minus walk rate. He's starting to get over those thresholds that I really uh, put, you know, the elite guys in. So I, I'm not willing to give up on that talent profile. And you know, it was only just a couple episodes ago I was with you, Tyler putting Ty France in the top five for first baseman in 2022. I believe the skill sets there. I believe the Mariners are still ready to give this damn thing a run. And I think that their team is going to rally around that. You know, they haven't made it to the playoffs in damn near 20 years. Uh, so I, I'm with the Mariners the players as a whole. I'm definitely with Ty France. You mentioned at the top of the show, he's coming back soon. I think this is a terrible trade. I think it was ter- not terrible. Might be a hyperbole, but I think it's a D. I would rather have Giolito in France. Not even close.
0: Hmm. So you're not buying into Syndergaard recently? No. Uh,
2: I think the thing about Syndergaard, he's pitching like guys I do typically value a lot. You know, your Miles Mikolases, your Joe Ryan's, the guys who are solid, but not always consistently in the you know high teens 20s. Uh, but I don't know, his his underlying metrics do suggest blow ups, whereas Giolito looks like he's gone through those. And if that's the case, you know, Pavetta's kind of a volatile profile if you will, I would just rather have the two rock solid players.
1: See, I think Gilito is inconsistent and volatile. I think he qualifies as He both has them. been.
2: He definitely has been, but I think this I mean it's up you know, his profile says and inconsistency. is so this any, is this away. a
1: keeper league or anything like that or no?
2: No, it wasn't mentioned, so I'm just saying redraft. I'm just saying right. redraft, yeah. Cuz I think if um, if we're talking dynasty, I think my grade would go up uh, big time because Chisholm uh, is a massive dynasty asset. Uh, Whereas the other guys, their shelf life is, you know, a lot, lot smaller than a guy like Chisholm in terms of their overall profile. So uh, that would change, but I just went redraft route. But I think that's a good, I think that was a good good way to start off the grade of trades because, you know, we had some difference in opinion, but I think, Uh, The breakdown of the players is what, you know, our listeners looking for in terms of making their own trades with regarding some of these guys next trade that we're going to grade right now. The player is acquiring two for one pitchers. They're acquiring Michael Kopech and Tony Gonsolin, and they're sending away Kevin Gosman. Tyler, how do you grade that trade?
0: So, gonsolin and i'm sorry i'm who was the first pick michael kopeck kopeck and K- gonsolin K- for gosman i would give this probably a c plus i think i think the guy i'd rather have the most is gosman out of the three so if you have the best player i mean unless unless you're dying for more pitching like but even then I'd probably still just keep Gosman. So C
1: plus. Brandon. Yeah, I'm going to, I would create a D or a, I would really, I would way rather have Gosman than the other two pitchers. And it's, it's hard in some leagues, but I'm always kind of the, I'd rather have the one than the two. So if you're trading two pitchers for one, I'd always rather have the better player.
2: We're all lockstep here, but I'm actually going to take a step forward. I think it's a straight up F. Um, because I think if it was reverse, it would be an A. Uh, if you were giving up the Gonsolin and giving up the Kopeck for Gosman, I think that's a solid A. So the fact that it's the opposite, I'm going to give it an F. Um, I don't want to put on my track shoes just quite yet. We're only at the halfway mark, but it's looking like I was right about Mr. Michael Kopech. Uh, because he's certainly fallen off a massive cliff over the last month plus um and we'll probably dig into a little bit more of our rest of season predictions in the next couple of weeks but i will give you a little bit of foreshadowing sell tony gonsolin um i think he's in for a rough rough second half uh and i think that my uh, and i think that kevin gosman is flashing in a lot of the right areas um he's still got a a plus Came on his walk rate in terms of the average of the league. He's, got a, he's dealing with a 372 Babib, which will certainly come down. Um, I, I really like him in the second half. So this is an F for me. Last trade that we're going to talk about here tonight is from one of our uh, most loyal listeners. Uh, more on him in a bit. He's acquiring Alejandro Kirk, Shane Bieber, and Charlie Morton. And this is a dynasty league. Okay, so remember that. This is a dynasty league, and he is a contender. He is trying to win now. And he is trading away William Contreras, not Wilson Contreras, William Contreras, and Jacob deGrom. Tyler, how are you trading? How are you going to grade this trade? Alejandro Kirk, Shane Bieber, and Charlie Morton giving away William Contreras, Jacob deGrom.
0: So Kirk is better than Contreras. So right there, you win the catchers between the two. So then it becomes more of a, the Grom for Bieber and Morton. And they're trying to win right now this year. I See, I'm, and this isn't like the Grom hate the Grom when he's out there and healthy is clearly like the most dominant pitcher in the league or up there is one of the most dominant pitchers in the league. But I just, I, that's why I always don't draft this guy or stay away from him. It's because he gets hurt all the time. And, the way Bieber's been pitching lately, he didn't have a good start today, but he's been showing more of what he was that Cy Young year than he was last year. And Charlie Morton's been on fire. And I know he's old and it's a dynasty league, but if you're trying to win this year, I'd give I'd give this an, an A minus.
1: Brandon? Completely agree with Tyler. I'm I'm in the A territory. Charlie Morton is an ace for the rest of the season, in my opinion. And in yeah, I, I mean like like Tyler said, Degrom, nobody's arguing what Degrom is when he's healthy, but he's not healthy. So I mean, if you're trying to win this year, Bieber has looked really good, and and then he's getting back Alejandro Kirk, who's been the since I don't know the middle of May, he's been the best catcher in baseball, in terms of fantasy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm up. I'm up right. with you guys. I think we we're giving it a triple A rating, um, an absolute knockout because you're. Um, you're potentially giving away a stud. We don't know because it's injury you guys both you know echoed that notion. Uh, you're getting Shane Bieber, who's been very good. You're getting uh, Charlie Morton, who's been absolutely insane over the last month or so. And, and Alejandro Kirk has been great. You know, that was Nick's one of Nick's favorite guys in the preseason. He talked about him a lot last week, and he's been on absolute fire. So that's a clear upgrade. Triple A rating for uh, for that for that trade for sure.
1: Oh, if Nick was here, that would have been like an A plus valedictorian of the school. That that Dude, Tyler, there right Tyler there.
2: would have had to pull the Tony Corrally and uterus, like <laughs> five minutes in. Would have, have skipped
1: two off, grades, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: But that's all gonna right. wrap it up, guys. So that's uh, fun. I think we, that was fun. It's fun. It's fun. We it's do, a fun that
0: to do we do that segment more often on the show? That's that's fun. But all right, let's move along to the champion segment, and I believe our champion. Mr. Brandon Duff over here
2: boom, 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 picked
0: boom, it for the week. It was a, it was a fun week though. We had Mike Curlin on the show last week who joined in um, with the uh, champion segment. He even picked the guy. He had a lot of our guys under 20% roster went off. Mm-hmm. I know my guy did. I think, I think he tied uh Jaron Duran, who was Nick Frazier's guy. I had Alec Thomas both for 17 points. Even G Man Choi had a huge Sunday. Got him up mm-hmm. to like fourteen. I know Matt Tyrone Taylor wasn't his weekend. He got hurt and, yeah. and didn't really do much. But Brandon, tell us about your guy and how many points he scored. Yeah, Isak Paredes. Um Isak. I
1: think he scored twenty-two fantasy points, but I did kind of luck out with that double header. I, most oh, of it that's came, right.
2: That's right.
0: Double yeah, most header. of it came in the double header. He had a home
1: run in both. Alec, if Alec it, Thomas only had an extra game all in yeah.
2: Coors, it would have been.
1: Yeah, he was yeah. in Coors. You might as well have a double header if you're in Coors. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Sure. <laughs> and he did play all four. Paredes did. So I, I right. worked out. Congratulations. Um, so what's yeah, the he rules? Won. I, I think he scored 22 fantasy points. Yeah, he had 22 like in. The yeah, it was NBA. 22
2: or 24. Yeah, something like that.
1: He got a few points in the in the Sunday game, but. Those two home runs on the Saturday won it for me. So coming into this week, I, I get to pick the rules. And um, I went starting pitcher, under 70% rostered, and we're going to go most strikeouts. And I there's a decent chance that that could tie. So I went as a tiebreaker most innings pitch.
0: All right. In the champion segment, if this is your first time listening to the show. It's when we – Friday, the weekend series, fr- uh, Friday through Sunday – we each pick pick a guy on the scenario. This this week's scenario will be most, like Brandon just said most strikeouts for a pitcher rostered in seventy percent or less ESPN leagues most strikeouts, and we'll throw a guy into the uh, the battle ring, and whoever gets the most will be the uh, the week's champion. So I'll go ahead. The guy I'm going to throw out this week, I'm going to go with Patrick Sandoval from the Angels. I believe he's about sixty four and a half percent rostered, so he falls right into that seventy percent um, ESPN roster. And Friday night, he's scheduled to face the Baltimore Orioles that are a bottom five team in strikeouts. And you know, Patrick Sandoval is usually kind of a, a strikeout kind of guy. He'll get you seven, eight, nine every once in a while. And I think I think this weekend, Friday night, going into Baltimore is a good matchup for him. So I'm going Patrick Sandoval for this week's champion.
2: Um, I'll go next. But before I give mine, let me just go ahead and give Nick's. Nick is gonna take Carlos Carrasco. Uh, this weekend so that is who nick is going to enter uh for his you know his represent him in the ultimate fantasy baseball battle me on the other hand i'm gonna go with eric lauer which is a bit ironic because it wasn't long ago that was hooten and hollering that this guy should be 80 plus percent rostered and now here i am picking him as my champ as he's sub 70 percent rostered but As we have it, he is about 65% rostered across platforms. He's got a 24.4 K rate, 10.9 swinging strike rate, 27 CSW rate. That are all career highs for uh, Mr. Lauer, Sixty-seven percent for called strike rate in June. And that is going to matter. And I'll tell you why in a second. In his last game started, he had nine Ks, 23 swinging misses in a 36% CSW rate. So he's getting hot at the right time. He's playing against the Pittsburgh Pirates on Sunday. Hopefully weather helps me out here. And the Pirates as a team have the second highest K rate, 12th highest swing strike rate, first highest called swinging strike rate, which means they get a lot of pitches called strikes on them, which is why I mentioned the 67th percentile called strike percentage for Mr. Eric Lauer. And they have the sixth lowest contact rate in the month of June. And that is why I am entering Eric Lauer, lefty from the Milwaukee Brewers, as my champion.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I, my original pick, um, I was going to go with uh, Yusei Kikuchi. And uh, he uh, pitched two and a third innings yesterday, gave five <laughs> walks, hit a couple guys, couldn't throw any strikes. Oh. And uh, didn't lend you much confidence now, did he? Well, you know, I was, I, was gonna, I was prepared to roll with him, but mm, there's some bending, talk that, that Kevin Gosman might start that game now.
0: Bending the rules. Okay, champion, oh, go ahead. So. Who's your guy?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I had to change. I just, I'm going to take that opportunity to switch my <laughs> player up. Well, like well, actually, one I like thing it. I want to say is that you just talked about Eric. Uh, yeah, you talked about Eric Lauer had, would tw- you say, 23 whiffs in his last game? He had 21 whiffs on his fastball. Yes. Which yep. was the most. Nick Um, He pitches against Tampa Bay, they K a ton. He's had, uh, in his last three starts, the longest he's gone, I know two of those was in April, so that was a a while back, but the longest he's gone is five and two-thirds innings. He doesn't pitch a lot of innings, but he's had eight Ks, seven Ks, and eight Ks in those three starts, strikes out a ton of batters, while uh, if it's a tie, I probably won't win because he's probably not going to go deep in the game. I'm hoping he can uh, get a ton of strikeouts this week against Tampa. I'm going to go with Nick Lodolo. And he's 6.5% rostered. And our roster percentages come from ESPN, by the way. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. Let's move on to our final segment, the Money in the Bank segment, where we all make our Money in the Bank bowl predictions, hopefully cash in for the week. Either of you guys cash in? So did first. Who did
1: I, I cash. Cashed. Maddie's gonna go for a cash.
0: Maddie Key- Oh, so did I. Maddie Kewoon cash. I cash. Oh, this is the this is the part of the show where we both pointed the camera and laughed at Brandon <laughs> Duff. Not good. cashing in and, and putting up a dollar signs to him.
1: What about Nicholas? Did he cash? Probably not.
2: No, okay. I don't think he did. Now, but Larry, Mike, Mike Curlin this? did though. Mike Curlin did. He submitted yes. two bank statements and one of his checks did cash. The other one was very close
0: to cashing. Merrill so, Kelly.
2: Shout out to you, Mr. Gurlitt.
0: What was Nick's? Anyone remember Nick's? Off the top of my
2: head, I cannot
0: remember. So he might have cashed. I don't know. He might have.
2: He'll have to tell us. Well, we don't know if he cashed because his money in the banks can last a
0: span of three weeks.
1: (laughs) It might still be going (laughs) on right now.
2: Yeah, maybe he'll tune in next week and tell us that in a week he'll know if he cashed. We'll know October
0: 2nd if his money. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matt. Give us your money in the bank from last week that you cashed in on and then give us your Brand's making new one this week,
2: All righty, so last week uh, I cashed uh, as we as we said a minute ago, Joe Ryan did post a plus plus ten percent swing strike rate at ten point one so we're talking about razor sharp lines. I narrowly cleared that hurdle this week though I'm going to talk about another pitcher, Nestor Cortez he has not given up more than four earned runs this season, and that's why. My money-in-the-bank prediction this week is that Nestor Cortez gives up five or more hard runs this week in FNY, baby! Yeah. Yeah. I usually have stats and metrics that, pred- that back up my prediction, not this week. This week, I just want it to happen. I want the Red Sox to crush the Yankees. So it's going to start with Nestor Cortez giving up five or more earned runs Friday against the Red Sox. He's going to get rocked by the Sox, and you can take that to the bank. Oh, and one last thing. Yankees suck, baby.
0: All right. I cashed in. I wrote a big check last week cashed in, had had some money on the 4th of July. So <clears throat> my Money in the Bank prediction last week was that Max Freed, Spencer Strider, and Charlie Morton would all combine for 25 or more strikeouts against the Cincinnati Reds. Max Freed got us started Friday night with four strikeouts. My guy Spencer Strider, the stash. The Stallion, Saturday night, 11 strikeouts. We're back in the game, baby. 15 strikeouts combined between Freed and Strider. I need a good old Uncle Charlie Morton to come through Sunday to get me 10 of strikeouts. Of course he did. And he did. 10 strikeouts, 25 Ks on the dot. Boom. Here we go. Cash in that big check. I'm rolling. Don't stop me now. I'm rolling. We're going to go right into this week. Another person that's rolling, his name is Robbie Ray. The actual Robbie Ray, not this year's Robbie Ray, Eric Lauer, like you were saying.
1: (laughs) Actual signing award Actual Robbie Ray from the Seattle Mariners
0: has been rolling. He faces his former team, the Blue Jays, Toronto Blue Jays, at home Saturday night. I'm not going to go super crazy. It's the Blue Jays. But I have Robbie Ray throwing a quality start with at least seven strikeouts. Saturday night against his former team, the Toronto Blue Jays, and you can take that to the bank. All right.
2: That'd be a nice starting points format for sure.
1: So my my money in the bank prediction last week was Josiah Gray, eight or more strikeouts. I, I can't off the top of my head remember who he went against. But I know he had he had six through four. The Phillies. It might have been the Phillies. He had six through four. He was he was rolling. And I messaged the, the Grand Slam group chat. Oh baby, Josiah Gray's gonna cash my check this week. Six Ks through four, and then he gets lit up, and he finishes the game with six Bad strikeouts. Bad beat of the week. That's right. Yeah. So Josiah Gray, he did not cash my check last week. I'm broke right now, so I'm going. I'm I'm going a little bit lighter this week. I'm going. Say Suzuki, returned from the IL very recently got over 500 slugging percentage versus left-hander pitchers this week. He's going against Tyler Anderson, Clayton Kershaw, and Julio Urias. He's got three lefties on the docket. So I'm going to go very light here. I'm normally a, a ho- multiple home runs. I'm going two extra base hits on the weekend. That's all I'm asking of Sayas Suzuki is two extra base hits. To cash my check this week, get me back on the board. I really need it. You can take that to the bank. Sayas Suzuki, two extra base hits.
2: And Brandon, ultimately, I very much appreciate you holding back because I am squaring off against Suzuki in Golden Pony oh, this weekend. Right. So the fact that it's, I can manage two extra base
1: hits and I'm I can not, cheer you, for you as well. You did the Red Sox Yankees. I almost, I saw that Cutter Crawford is Cutter Crawford starting this weekend.
2: Um, he's projected maybe tomorrow or Friday. I, I almost know. went with a Cutter Crawford
1: money in the bank against the Yankees, but I opted <laughs> not to do that. I didn't want to just go bankrupt again this week. So. I decided not to go that route. Do we, do we yeah. have a Nicholas Money in the Bank, or he, he didn't give us one?
2: I don't have anything to present for him, yeah. so maybe he can do it on Twitter. We don't know. I don't know.
0: All right. There we go. Hopefully, keep it rolling. I cashed in another big check.
2: Well, boys, it's been a great episode absolutely fantastic uh you know we kind of dealt with adversity this week holiday early to start (laughs) we had a guest we didn't have a guest we had four we had three but we came together and i think we conquered we hit this one out of the park but before we log off we have to announce a winner yes you got a winner to announce boys
0: card giveaway
2: absolutely so the grand slam fantasy sports podcast we hosted our very first giveaway And that basically went through the whole month of June. You know, we celebrated our first birthday earlier this year. I believe it was in May. We wanted to give back to our listeners. So we hosted our very first giveaway. So we randomly picked a winner from a number of entries. And the winner is, drumroll please. (laughs) Mr. Kevin Clark. You can see, find him on Twitter. He's at KClark8822. Congrats, Kevin. You will get the choice of three fantastic baseball cards. Uh, so, yeah, we'll reach out to you uh, via Twitter. Congratulations, Kevin. Uh, I just want to say on behalf of the Grand Slam crew, thank you guys. You know, we appreciate everyone who listens, and we also want to give a special thank you to everyone who entered to win the uh, our very first giveaway. So, congrats, Kevin. Uh, We'll probably do some more of these in the future. I thought it was pretty cool.
0: Absolutely, Um, yeah. I'd like to echo thank you to all of our listeners and a big congratulations to Kevin Clark. Absolutely.
1: We've got some big stuff coming up too in these. uh... We do. You could say the bases are
2: loaded for the Grand slam. That's that's right, the bases are are loaded. So, before we say goodnight, just go ahead and shoot me a follow on Twitter and TikTok. I'm at Maddie Check out the fantasy baseball market. Watch every single morning. And you can find some of my fantasy baseball articles on spstreamer.com. Brandon, tell our lovely listeners where they can find you.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Brando Duff, B R A N D O D U F F. Take Tyler. us home,
2: Tyler. All right.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Birdman TS 18 and to all our listeners, you know, like we said, thank you all for tuning in until next week. You have been listening to grand slam fantasy sports podcast.